I'm Zoraida Cordova, and you're listening to the Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. Ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon, and I'm here today with my co-host. He has the suave stylings that make Lando's capes jealous. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Marquis. Well, thank you, Brandon. It's good to be here. Today we have on two amazing guests who have somehow, honestly, have managed to be on Star Wars YouTube without making up their own rumors and using themselves as a source. Ladies and gentlemen, from Star Wars Explained, the immaculate Alex and Molly Damon. Hey. Hi. (laughs) So thank you guys for joining us today. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the Clashing Sabers podcast and Clashing Sabers network. I just wanted to put a, a few plugs here in the beginning for... Those of you who are new to the program, we do have our Patreon that is up now uh, and ready to go. And all funds uh, that are raised on Patreon are going into our uh, literacy nonprofit efforts of getting Star Wars books into schools across the cl- uh, across the country. And uh, we are fortunate that uh, financially we're in a position where we can allow all of those funds uh, to to do that and we don't need um, to to you know handle overhead costs or anything like that so uh, if you would like to do that uh, patreon.com slash clashing sabers and if you have a teacher that you would like to nominate for our uh, beginning of the year uh, this crazy school year that we're about to have um, to receive a care package uh, we have our form on our website clashingsabers.net uh, just click on the menu and nominate a teacher right now I have a little over a hundred books to send out primarily to upper elementary and middle school teachers uh, so especially if you know somebody at that age level who uh, you would like them to receive books please nominate them and if you have a teacher who's not that age group uh, definitely still go nominate them I keep track of um, all of those and save them until we can get books into each and every one of their classrooms so we can help to uh, establish the next generation of Star Wars fans. So that's really exciting. If you would like to do that, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So that done, Mark, you sent me some pictures before we started recording. And I need you to Star Wars about it. Just Star Wars all about it. Tell everybody. Well, I wanted to send the pictures because I wanted someone else on the show to have seen them so that you could sort of help me describe how great this art is. Um, There's an artist uh, that I follow on Twitter. Um, His name is, and I hope I get this name correct, uh, Roberto Venegas. And um, his Twitter handle is Roberto underscores draws. And I have been admiring his work for a while, um, but he posted a picture of his Ahsoka art that I just had I had jumped on his website and bought it I had to have it it was so good um, he just has such a beautiful whimsical colorful style um, that's the best way I can describe it and I, I just absolutely have fallen in love with it so I just wanted to give him a big plug because um, I got my print in the mail recently and I've already got a place picked out for it to display it it is just I just love it I think it's wonderful yeah, it's a 
it's got a little bit of a comic book kind of feel to it in terms of like you said uh-huh. being like colorful and stuff um that is just yeah it's really good and and we will we'll link his twitter in the show notes for anybody who wants to go over there and um find that i love looking at star wars art like this like it's honestly a little bit of a not even a little bit it's a, it's a major form of self-care for me is just going on pinterest and looking at star wars art I love There's so that. much talent. There's so many talented people out there, and it's just amazing that um, because you see, sometimes I come across work, and I think like, I look at these people's bio, and like they don't work for any major, like you know, they're not working for Lucasfilm, or, and I think, wow, like what if they did? Like, you know, there's there's so many talented people out there when it comes to illustration, and um, you know, so Lucasfilm always is able to pick from the very best because the very best people love star wars well and we i think that one of his prints don't we yeah we that i got you the the one he did of all the the women of star wars yeah, i got yeah. you that for christmas yeah yeah that's, that's good the one. other one I that i it. sent to brandon yeah it's really really packed full of people so that one is the one that has uh it has ray in the middle holding up the the legacy saber and leia and padme uh right yeah. next to her and then expands out and you've the thing I like about that one especially is it's got like characters from Clone Wars, like background characters, big characters, you know, everybody is in there. That's it's a it's a good print. It's great. So uh, I, I totally agree about his art though. It's it's awesome. I love his style. Yeah, I mean it's got the it's got the pop and, and it's just very it's like welcoming almost, you know? Like you just yeah. feel like Sometimes, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes art is so realistic, you're like stunned by it. And sometimes I feel like it kind of welcomes you in, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, Alex and Molly, what have you guys been Star Warsing lately? What have you guys been into? <laughs> uh, well, if you watch the channel, I've been talking about Star Wars Squadrons a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like some something that hasn't even come out yet, and I'm already obsessed with it. So, I, I guess that's what I've been mostly Star Warsing about. Yeah, getting into that or getting ready and excited for that and also just reading all the books and reading some of the books that we get early trying to get prepared for when they come out any uh any particular ones that have stood out lately that you've been reading uh dark legends is the one that i just finished uh yeah that was fun it's really light and easy read uh but I appreciated that they didn't just tell like dark, edgy Star Wars stories, but they're they're all like cautionary tales mm-hmm. and have good lessons. felt felt like little mini Clone Wars episodes almost. Yeah. Now is that Very like cool. a YA? Is that like a like a young adult? It's it's like somewhere in the middle. Uh, like I'd I'd probably skew it a little younger. Like spe- okay. the first Myths and Fables, I'd say was kind of like a storybook almost. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a little more. Uh, intense because it's all about the dark side, but it, it still has that kind of vibe. Yeah, it's like Star Wars ghost stories. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, it, is the so the art style in there? Speaking of art, is that similar to what what we got with the the Miss and Fables? Because I was a huge fan of that. Yes, yeah. uh, same artist. Okay, cool. Yeah. That comes out, uh, I think, later this month here. Um, so that's exciting. I'm definitely... I've got that one pre-ordered. Uh, so I'll probably read that, hopefully, the day it comes out. And, and uh, 
we'll talk about it probably on Don't Burn the Sacred Texts, our book podcast. So, um, for, for squadrons, like, for, for people who haven't been watching the channel, what is it that's getting you so excited about that? Because... I'm not really as into the the fighter pilot uh, side of Star Wars, so I was just like hearing what it is about that 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 connects with people. I, I mean, I am very into the fighter pilot side of Star Wars. I was laughing just talking about like how Star Wars is so big that it can have like these Top Gun style stories, but then also have like your mystical, magical, like normal Star Wars story. Like there's so many different kinds of things you can do in Star Wars and it all still fits. But uh, I was a fan of these style of games growing up and I'm just excited to have another one that feels very immersive. Uh, I I wasn't really a big gamer growing up, but I I did enjoy a good driving and or (laughs) flying game. (laughs) I, uh... I have Mario Kart on Game Boy, and that's about as good as I can get. Um, so, <laughs> if it's other than that, I'm not, and I'm not even that good at that. Um, I, I think the thing about that that's going to be really cool, also, is just like how it's going to uh, happen parallel to what we just got in, in Shadowfall, and it'll yeah. be cool to kind of be like pull out those things because. I'm not a gamer, but I, I watch all the, um, you know, the playthroughs and everything to keep up with the stories. And, uh, I mean, like, Inferno Squad I'm obsessed with. So I'm, I think it'll be cool to, to get a, a game like this with this level of graphics where I can actually, like, immerse myself in it, you know, and not be taken out of, oh, it's, you know, it looks like a video game. This is going to look very realistic. It's, it's going to be like an animated film. Um, so maybe it'll maybe it'll sway me over to that side. I did really enjoy uh, my reread of Alphabet Squadron and Shadowfall. So yeah, and it's going to be available for VR too, which is going to be even more crazy and realistic. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I guess I'm really excited for that immersive aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the VR experience version. That's the one I think I would be interested to pick up because I don't do very good. I'm terrible at piloting games, but doing something in a VR experience would probably lure me in. Yeah, I'm pretty terrible too, but <laughs> I, I try my best. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at getting like my own uh, joystick and like I forget what the, they're called, like Hotas or something, uh, in place of a controller, but having like a flight stick and a throttle and stuff. Like I'm, I'm considering going just all in on <laughs> the immersive <laughs> side of this. Dude, you got to do it. Like, if you're already this excited for it, like, you might as well just go all in. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, you've got a helmet to wear, right? I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See? There you I go. was even, you're- like, the other day thinking about, like, I could probably hook up, like, take apart one of my headsets and stick the electronics in there, just the wires, <laughs> so I'd have a microphone and headphones inside my helmet. I might be able to do something like that. But I think they're actually going to sell uh, like a fighter pilot helmet. Uh, yeah, with that, headphones in it. That's an actual headset. It'd be cool if they made some kind of VR headset that would that was that would double as a helmet. You just sort of yeah. like pull the visor down and oh, and the visor looks like a blast shield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. You you could definitely like kit bash together a uh, a headset inside one of those things. 
I mean, they they do it for uh, football helmets, so I'm sure I'm sure it's on YouTube. You guys, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's exciting. I, I definitely am looking forward to um, seeing what that has to offer. But now we're going to get into what we have to offer today, which is our conversation about growing up Star Wars. What is it like to grow up with Star Wars? How does it shape who we become? And how does it change as we grow older? All of that and more right after this break. You are strong and wise, Anakin, and I am very proud of you. I have trained you since you were a small boy. I have taught you everything I know. And you have become a far greater Jedi than I could ever hope to be. But be patient, Anakin. It will not be long before the Council makes you a Jedi Master. Obi-Wan, may the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. All right, we are back, and today we're going to talk about growing up Star Wars and um, kind of how that has evolved, how that's influenced our lives. And it's going to be part, you know, telling our Star Wars story, but really we want to get into what makes Star Wars something that has stuck with us either our whole life or, or whenever we got into it, and how has that evolved as we have grown? Because one of the things I find most fascinating uh about star wars is that it does grow with you as you watch uh you know the movies or or the animated series as you go on or you reread a book and you're older you get a different thing out of it um and, and that's something that's that's really uh i think important about star wars so we're going to kind of dig into that today and then the first thing I wanted to do is just kind of go around and um, ask you guys what your first, uh, the first Star Wars memory you have is. So, Molly, I'm going to throw it to you first. Like, tell tell us what your first Star Wars memory is and what is it that made it kind of stick for you? Um, I, well, I'm trying to think because <laughs> I, I saw the original trilogy when I was pretty young Um my parents had them on VHS and I like remember watching them and thinking that they were pretty cool but nothing about them really stuck with me until I was a little bit older and I remember going to see episode one in the theater with my friends from school and I think that memory probably sticks with me more so just because I was like the perfect age um, to really uh, have fun with that movie and you know Jar Jar didn't make me upset or anything <laughs> like I didn't leave the I don't remember leaving the theater being like boo <laughs> this is ruining Star Wars but um, yeah I think I was just like the perfect age for episode one when it came out that's awesome um, episode one was my first in theater experience also and uh well, I'll get into that in a little bit, but you know, thinking about Jar Jar, uh, I've told this story before that I had a, a student who was uh, just obsessed with Jar Jar. Like, we played a card game with some Star Wars cards I had, and she didn't care if she wins; she just cared if she got Jar Jar. And I didn't understand it because 
I've never hated Jar Jar, but I've never been that into Jar Jar. I'm just kind of like, all right, slapstick's not really my preferred type of comedy. Um, I'm, I've never really enjoyed it, so, it, you know, whatever. But I was just befuddled by how into Jar Jar she was. And so I asked her one time, I said, what, what is it? Why do you like Jar Jar so much? Because there's so many people that don't like him. And she goes, he's me. And I was like, what? Hmm. And she goes, he's goofy. He always tries to do his best, but it doesn't always go well for him. But he's still <laughs> going to continue to try to do his best. And this is a 10-year-old, guys. And I'm just like, completely revolutionized my thinking about Jar Jar and, and kind of the perspectives that people have on that. So that's that's something I, I love telling that story just because it's it's one of those things like talking about growing up Star Wars, how it's it's kind of changed us. And it sounds like in the same way, episode one kind of changed things for you, which is really cool. Um, I, prequel stand, so I love hearing that kind of stuff. Uh, Alex, <laughs> what about you? What uh, What's your first Star Wars memory, and kind of how did you get hooked into this thing? Um, so the Olympics were going to be in Atlanta in 1996, which is where uh, we live and grew up. And we went down to Olympic Village when I was, it, it must have been 95 or so. Uh, it was before the Olympics had got here, but for some reason, and I still don't know why, there were people in costume down there. Uh, it, it, maybe it was Dragon Con season, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there were just a bunch of cosplayers. But I saw Darth Vader walking around at Olympic Village, and he just caught my eye, and I asked my dad who that was. And he's like, oh my gosh, I've never told you about Darth Vader or Star Wars. And he like explained uh, who Vader was, and we went up and talked to the guy, and uh, I don't remember, I don't know why my dad fixated on this, but he was like, "Yeah, he picks up a guy with one hand and crushes his throat." <laughs> I'm like were, I'm at eight. You were eight. Uh, yeah, uh, but I was also like, I have to see this, and so uh, yeah. <laughs> we went home that evening, and they had it taped off of like TBS because it was on TBS all the time. So uh, we watched through that VHS, fast forwarding through the commercials and stuff, and then like I, I was just blown away and I think I, I watched that tape every day for the rest of that summer until they finally were like alright we'll buy you the the set and oh guess what there's more they <laughs> they were just like letting me wear myself out on that one movie and then introduced the other two to me uh, so yeah that, that was what kicked everything off for me and then I got to it, it was the perfect time to get into Star Wars because I only had to wait a little bit for the special editions were coming out and uh, Shadows of the Empire and then, and then the prequels were shortly after that so I just I entered the fandom right when like just this deluge of new stuff was coming out yeah the pedal hit the metal right there and <laughs> That's that's cool that you you, you kind of got a new hope a bunch before you got everything else. Do you remember what it was like once you got to see Empire and Jedi? Uh, not really. Like I, I remember that uh, Jedi became my favorite for a while. Uh, that's I, I the really right answer. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it was one of those things where it, it just had all the action and. Um, but I don't recall actually seeing them for the first time. I don't recall uh, learning that Vader was Luke's father. Like, I feel like I must have known that already. My, my dad may have spoiled it for me. I can't remember. <laughs> so I actually just um, 
yesterday or the day before. I don't even know what time is anymore. But um, I got to go see, they had a, a flashback cinema at one of the small theaters around here. And uh, I got to go see Empire in the theaters for the first time. And man, that was, it was one of the greatest experiences ever getting to see that moment on the screen. And it's, you know, Star Wars, you think you know a movie and then I'm, I'm watching it and just looking at moments and, and seeing things I've never seen before. And I'm like, God, I just, the experience of those things that are, you know, important to you just really, really stick with you, but you can also always see them in a new light. So that's really cool. Mark, what, you're, you're OG uh, Star Wars fan <laughs> and you've, you've told the story over on Forever Star Wars, um, your, actually, actually your, your original episodes of Forever Star Wars where your experience of, uh, um, seeing the original trilogy in the theaters but for those who have not listened for some strange reason to that uh tell everybody why uh or what it was um seeing star wars that first time why it connected with you and why it's kind of stuck with you uh for so long well the the very first memory that i have of anything related to star wars i was in a the grocery store with my mom and we were in the checkout aisle and I saw a magazine. This had to be like 1970. It was probably 1977. And I guess the newspaper or the magazine was advertising that Star Wars was coming out. And it just had the title. It said one of the biggest movies this summer. And I just saw that title, Star Wars. And I remember thinking as a kid, well, that's real basic and, and simple. Like, I don't like the name of that. That sounds silly. And it's such a funny memory for me to have because my initial first impression was that I didn't like the title of it, but my dad took me to see it. Um, I do remember the theater that we went to. It no longer exists, but I do remember that there was a line out the door and around the building. Um, but beyond that, I'm kind of like Alex. Like I like Actually, I'm like the reverse of Alex. Like the very first Star Wars that I saw, I just have sort of vague memories of what it felt like to see certain scenes in the movie. And beyond that, everything is very, very fuzzy. Um, it wasn't until Empire came out in 80 that I was like, I was 10 years old. That was just the perfect age for me to experience Star Wars. And so that's the movie that had the biggest impact on me in terms of just being blown away by the visuals. Um, but the original Star Wars was special in the sense that I had been I had been raised in a very conservative household, so we were never allowed to watch anything that wasn't extremely G-rated. And Star Wars was the very first film that I ever saw that had anything resembling violence in it. Or you know, uh, if you think about some of those scenes, um, you know, the death of of you know Uncle Owen and and Aunt Beru was pretty extreme for a kid that was seven years old and had never seen anything besides Disney. Um, it was sort of imagery like that, and the 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 you know the fight in the cantina where he, uh, where you know he cuts his arm off. I had never seen anything like that before. So, you know, my first my first memories of Star Wars were that it was very intense. Um, you know, looking back on it now, it's we don't think of it as being intense, but for a kid, it was. So, um, I think that's what really spurred my love of visual storytelling and you know the, those those big uh, exciting movies because 
those were the movies, like Star Wars movies, were my introduction into that kind of movie making, the big blockbuster films. Um, yeah, so I've, I've, I, st- I still love it to this day. So some, well, something, it's, it's, something back then worked. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, like, I feel like your experience is kind of what was going on in the culture at the time, because you had, you know, either very. Uh, kid-centric stories that were just meant to be fun and and enjoyable and then you had the you know extreme um kind of down depressing kind of movies that george talked about like wanting to give kids fairy tales because they didn't have that anymore and that's kind of you know um where you were at there too and so it, it kind of came you you were kind of the target market for it you know as somebody who who couldn't watch these other movies and so you were looking for you know something whether you realized it or not right like the the Campbellian you know uh, subconscious kind of idea um, where you in in seeing Star Wars took your first step into a larger world not just in terms of becoming a Star Wars fan but realizing that there was more out there in terms of of movies and I know movies have been a huge uh, influence on your life right so no matter what time you come into Star Wars, whether it's later in life or, you know, whether it's, it's with the prequels or the original trilogy, you know, most people have a very similar experience in that, you, uh, you know, if you're, if you're young enough, it's, you don't really come into it having any sense of history of, like, what the franchise has been, like, how big it's been to certain people. It just becomes this personal discovery. Like, it's your, your very first Star Wars is just your, your first memory of, oh, this is kind of cool. And it grows from there, but only it was only years later, you know, looking back on the history of filmmaking and and how important and and just incredibly revolutionary Star Wars was. Like you, Brandon, you mentioned it. Like there was nothing like it at the time. Um, people were not used to going to see big spectacle movies that moved so quickly. Like this, like the movie was so brisk and packed visually packed with things that that no one had any reference for that's the thing that i just love about the original star wars is there's so much shorthand going on visually with with the way george is communicating whatever where who everyone is and what everything is about and there's nothing but a crawl and other than that you have very little else to go on to sort of ground you into what this universe is and yet it it worked. I mean, people got completely hooked on it um, because it's essentially, a, you know, a giant fairy tale. Well, and world building like that is not easy either. You know, um, that that can be for kind of a fantasy uh, type of story. That can be kind of a make or break uh, situation. You know, I think of, you know, Star Wars did it. Uh, Harry Potter um, obviously did it. Um even shows like Avatar, uh, Last Airbender, were able to do it. But then you have um, some like the the Allegiance uh, series, where the author you know starts out with some great world building, but then once you get to a certain level of having to continue to develop the story and continue to develop the world that they live in, it kind of starts to it, fall apart. Um, and George was able to continue to build that and then people that came after were were able to continue to build that to where you know we have so many people making star wars in so many different ways now you know um 
and and I think that allows for people to to connect with it in in whatever like type of medium it is that connects with you most. So with that in mind, like what kind of uh, what forms of media, be it movies, TV, books, whatever kind of Star Wars thing, has the biggest impact on you like now, and how has that changed over? Uh, the years, if it's changed at all. For me, it's books, so it hasn't really changed all that much um, because I'm a, a, a big reader. So, Alex, for you, when you started out, just in terms of uh, not just being a Star Wars fan and, and enjoying watching it, but in terms of like what really connected with, with your heart and your soul, what kind of media was that for you, and, and how has that changed? Well, yeah, I think growing up, it was, I mean, obviously the movies first, and then when we weren't getting any, uh, it, it was also the books. Like, that was a, it was the backbone of the Star Wars story back then, uh, and it's still, it, it's definitely changed now only because uh, the, they're no longer the backbone, I guess, and they're, the books, I feel like, haven't been uh, telling as big and as epic of stories as I'm used to and I kind of wish they'd get back to that and I'm hoping the High Republic does that uh, so now it, it is the movies again and the TV shows and I, I don't know that I could pinpoint one thing, one piece of media because it, it's been all over the place where Fallen Order might be my favorite uh Star Wars story of this new era that we're in in the past five years, but uh, everything I feel like has had something really great in it. The first thing that came to my mind was that, like, aside from the movies, our books, yes, but like specifically behind the scenes type stuff and like all the visual dictionary type books and art of books and like reading about. Um, how prevalent like miniatures were making the original trilogy and then um even the prequels and stuff like that like all that behind the scenes stuff for me is really really interesting so yeah i'm 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 exactly the same molly i i pour over the the visual dictionaries and the the art of books because you know i uh, you know, my husband is very different in the way he watches movies. He doesn't like to know a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff <laughs> because he says it spoils the illusion. But I'm just complete opposite. Like I, I want to know how everything is done, and I it doesn't spoil the magic trick for me. In fact, I can, I can sort of see it. I sort of use my imagination at the same time. Go, oh, and they did it this way. So yeah, I'm totally hooked on those books as well. Uh, I. Uh... Yeah, I'm with Steve on that one. <laughs> I still uh, I watched the uh, the Skywalker Legacy documentary one time, and now it the field in Pasana is black beans, and I can't stop thinking every time that it comes on about the black beans and the cool machines. Um, so yeah, so so Molly, like, what is it about the the behind the scenes that that pulls you in in terms of like? not just enjoying learning about how, you know, the sausage is made, but, but what is it about that that kind of connects with your, like, your heart, you know, and, and, and makes you feel good? Um, I guess just learning about how much of a collaborative effort it was to, to pull off making the original trilogy and 
um, the artwork especially because I'm I'm big into art and I I was growing up and uh, you know I was kind of a I started out an art major in college so looking at all of Ralph Macquarie's art uh, concept art and stuff like that and the art of books is just it's so cool to me that to see where they kind of start with their ideas for how they want something to look and then how that kind of changes a little bit but then you can see stuff in the tv shows that they've pulled like like macquarie art that they've pulled from years and years ago and they put it in like rebels or something like that i i would say also i i consider you to be the more creative one <laughs> of the two of us and so i think you probably like seeing how they creatively problem solve any any thing that they have to do within the movie yeah. uh, especially maybe not especially but like back when they didn't have computers to do everything uh, I, I think you probably have a greater appreciation for something like that than I do yeah I'm more hands on <laughs> when it comes to being creative <laughs> uh, com- uh, having to do something on the computer in Photoshop just frustrates me so <laughs> seeing them use puppets and models and you know just everything very hands on is very cool to me. So, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming then that you've kind of been, kind of had a creative spirit, you know, your whole life. So when you first started getting into Star Wars and seeing Star Wars, did you immediately go to, like, I want to know how this was made? Or is that something that uh, you kind of grew into? I guess it was something I grew into more so. Um, I just, I think I just happened to learn that you know the trench run was done all realistic with with a giant prop basically and i was like wait a second <laughs> like how did they pull that <laughs> off and i remember thinking about that when i was pretty young and like reading about it in magazines and stuff and just yeah it really sparked my curiosity that's awesome yeah, yeah when i when i when i was 10 years old i had um uh, a diorama set of the Battle of Hoth, and because I, I guess back then it, there weren't a lot of books about the making of, but I did understand that the special effects of the ATATs was achieved using stop motion, and I became obsessed with the idea of creating stop motion at home. And I don't know if you've ever seen any of the stories about Spielberg or J.J. of like when they were kids, like they started out doing that kind of stuff too. Um, the only difference is that they had the knowledge to use like Super 8 cameras and I had no clue where to begin. Like I, to me, I thought, well, a camera's, you, you order it from the Sears catalog. So I just need to look <laughs> for stop motion camera in the Sears catalog. And I had no idea. And it was only that years later when I realized that that they were doing those stop motion home video home movies using Super 8 cameras, and my family had a Super 8 camera, and I didn't know. <laughs> and so, you know, I think of like, well, just what would have happened if I had picked the camera up and started using it? Where would that have, where would that have led? Yeah, <laughs> I. I've seen your creative side, so it would have led some places. Oh, how history could have been changed. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because we are in this age of, of blockbusters and just an overwhelming amount of media, you know. And for something 
to kind of break through the noise uh, is is I think more and more challenging, which is what makes things like Stranger Things uh, really special, uh, The Witcher, like these things that become uh, cultural kind of moments in time are something that I, I feel like in terms of cinema really started with Star Wars and uh, the fact that it's still around and still able to, and, and I can speak of this like firsthand, it's still able to inspire, you know, generations of kids because when I share these stories with my students, like every year there's at least one kid who, uh, you know, finds what they like in in terms of reading books or finds what kind of characters they uh, connect with. Um, and, and whether it's actually in Star Wars or Star Wars as a mythology kind of allowing us to explore those that side of ourselves you know i think one of the things about star wars that's really really special is that it it does ask us to examine ourselves because while it is you know there's good and evil uh there's black and white there's light and dark you can read it on that level but it also has something uh you know deeper it has it has that subconscious thing where the heroes aren't always perfect you know um and that's something that's kind of been brought about in this new era uh, is this idea that, that the, they're not perfect. And, um, and so, you know, to be a hero, you don't have to be perfect. You can be a Jyn Erso, you can be a Cassian Andor where you've, you've made mistakes, but you're, you're trying to do the right thing. Um, so just in terms of like that, the, the themes and ideas that Star Wars over time has, um, Presented, I feel like you know, from A New Hope on, uh, it, it continued to evolve and get deeper and deeper. And obviously, you know, that's going to happen when you get more mythology. But is there a a, a theme for you guys? And and Mark, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Is there a theme that um, has been something that's really stuck with you, and is something that you go into uh, Star Wars looking for? Uh <clears throat> Going into looking for it, not necessarily, but I, I will say that there there are a few themes that have been explored, like you said, especially in the sequel trilogy, and I think and I know that this is this is a topic that you relate to as well because you you connect with the character, but um, the trend, uh, sort of Luke's journey from the original trilogy to the sequel trilogy is particularly relevant to me because. I've literally grown up just like Luke grew up and so I'm kind of seeing my life against his and that's why Luke's portrayal in the sequel trilogy did not bother me at all because I related to the idea that you never completely conquer your demons they're always there and and the the victory comes in recognizing that you have to keep trying and to me, that was the message of Luke. It wasn't that he was a failure. It was that he had allowed failure to cripple him to a certain extent, but it was the fear of it. And when he embraced the idea that he was allowed, that he allowed himself to fail, that's when he was able to step up and do what was not only what was expected of him, but what he expected of himself. That's something I relate to very much as, you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize, the less I know. 
And that's, I think I heard somebody say something like to the effect of wisdom is getting to a point where you realize how much you don't understand. Like that's what <laughs> true wisdom is. Um, yeah. And that's, that's something that I relate to very strongly. And Campbell Definitely. talks about that, you know, of, of the hero's journey is not something you do one time. It's something you do over and over again. Um, and mm-hmm. the way you go about it uh, continues to evolve. And you're spot on. I mean, everybody knows, you know, Ahsoka obviously is the most important character in my personal uh, fandom. But in terms of growing up with Star Wars... Luke is um, because my my views on him have just changed so so much um, and I've come to like he is for me the foundation of what I look at a Jedi should be you know I know a lot of people will say you know look at Obi-Wan as the pinnacle of the Jedi but I look at Luke as the pinnacle of the Jedi and and the the way that he approached conflict uh, with both Vader and with Ben um, in those redemptive moments of nonviolence and uh, peace and accepting that it was better to lose and have your morals than win without them um, is just something that has has honestly shifted how I live my life in in so many ways. So. Um, that idea for me when we're looking at themes and ideas that idea of being able to uh find a solution um that is is peaceful and non-violent um and that is something that models for other people what kind of life you should be leading is something that's really important to me because you know i am a male teacher and you know some kids I might be their only male teacher until they get to high school. Um, And and for some young men, I am the role model for a year of what a man is supposed to act like. And so um, I take that, you know, very seriously in, in terms of, you know, showing them how to treat other people and how to, um, you know, do the things that Luke um, has been a model of for me. So, I, I definitely click with you there. Molly, what about you? For Are there themes or ideas that when you come into Star Wars stories, you're like, maybe not directly consciously thinking like, I'm looking for this, but that it's important to you and that it seems to connect with you a lot? Yeah, um, I, I guess I'll use the channel. Like when we started, the YouTube channel is around the same time that The Force Awakens was coming out. And that's kind of like when my love for Star Wars kind of re-blossomed. I definitely wasn't as into it growing up as Alex was, but when I learned that a a woman was going to be the main character, um, that really uh, resonated with me. And then the idea of her being nobody and Finn being a stormtrooper, but then switching sides to be a good guy um and like people like rose who you know she says she works behind pipes all day but then she becomes part of the hero trio kind of thing uh specifically in like the last jedi but just the idea that female empowerment in the sequel trilogy 
was really important and the idea of not having to be anyone super special but still being important yeah that's a, i mean that's a that's a, a very star wars thing in in terms of to kind of follow up on that of like the the female empowerment aspect of things how do you feel about how they've done that outside of the films with characters like uh cara dune and Iden versio um are you able to connect with them in on the same level that you are uh you know a character like ray or rose or is there something different about the way that they present them in the films um definitely um, i love mandalorian i love cara dune and i love um gina carano specifically that they got her for that role because she's just an awesome lady like she's, she's perfect she's really just say it she's yeah, perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she can she can really beat you up and i'm glad that they got someone like that to play that character and i love when she talks about how proud she is of that character and i i loved in the the mandalorian behind the scenes when she talked about how she ran out and like genuinely picked up the mandalorian and dragged yeah. him back inside and everyone was like oh, <laughs> oh. wow <laughs> yeah yeah um Ronda Rousey gets a lot of credit and do credit, but there is no Ronda Rousey without uh, Gina Carano. And I know, uh, you know, for me, um, something that that I appreciate about her uh, is, you know, I had an eating disorder and I've talked about it before and body image issues and everything like that. And she's been very open about how um, this the role of the Mandalorian has helped her with with her body image and how she talks to herself and feels about herself um, in terms of just not having to be, you know, what Hollywood portrays, you know, you should be and mm-hmm. instead being able to be yourself. And I think that, you know, this is just, you know, coming to me now, this idea is actually something that they're presenting in Star Wars right now. You know, like you said, Molly, like the the idea of, of female empowerment and just being able to be the best version of yourself is something that's that's super cool. So, Alex, what about you? What uh, what kind of ideas have have stuck with you? Um, what kind of themes have connected with you? Both, you know, when you were younger, and and then as you've you've grown into adulthood. Uh, that's the thing about doing this channel that I think has changed me the most is that it's now that I do look for those themes. Uh, before this, I was a very like trivia focused uh, fan, which. I don't think would surprise anyone. I still am, uh, but having been doing these videos for so long, like it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tired of talking about just random facts. And uh, I, I saw other people talking about themes and stuff, and I was like, I think I could try to do that. And and it's something that I've really enjoyed getting into now. And uh, I I think I credit the Last Jedi a lot for how I have changed the way that I look at star Wars and that it's not just about like, yeah, what's literally happening on screen in that universe, but, uh, that there, there's a reason that these stories are told. Uh, but I I think that redemption probably the one that I see pop up the most or that I notice the most, just the, I think the point of characters like Vader and, uh, Kylo Ren and also like Finn, uh, there's so many Star Wars characters that just turn things around. They were bad and now they're good. And the, the idea that uh, it's never 
too late to start being better. That that's one I see pop out a lot. I love that. I love that idea of uh, of it's never too late to to do the right thing. It's too late. She's gone. Your mother's gone. But what she stood for, what she fought for, that's not And gone. and I know. Mark and I have talked about this, you know, even for us doing uh, Clashing Sabers, and we have, you know, articles on our website, and um, we're, you know, active on social and everything, but just in particular, you know, having this team together that we have and just being able to, you know, kind of become a family is something that um, has allowed all of us to enjoy Star Wars more, and uh, it's, it's cool to hear, you know, that that's something that happens for for other people too is getting into this and kind of being able to participate in a way in star wars i think is something that allows us to to see it on a deeper level and understand it on a deeper level if that makes sense yeah so with that kind of idea of you know um your fandom changing your understanding of star wars changing what's something that has kind of evolved for you in Star Wars as you've grown. Um, for me, like it was Luke. Um, I was not into Luke as a kid. Couldn't have cared less, even though I loved the Jedi stuff. I, I took Yoda's wisdom and forgot Luke was even on Dagobah. Um, <laughs> I'd never caught on to the whole dark side uh, things at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, even though I watched that movie religiously. I don't know. I just. I really wanted to be Han Solo, and Luke was just too goody two shoes. But then, as I've grown, um, he's he's you know, it, particularly the Return of the Jedi version of Lucas is uh, extremely important to me. And then going into Last Jedi is extremely important to me. So, um, whether it's a character, an idea, an understanding, what's something? Um, and, and Molly, I'm gonna let you take this one first. What's something that's changed for you, evolved for you as you've grown up with Star Wars? Um, I guess I'll go back to the prequels for a bit uh, and say Anakin's story for me mm. has I've, I've grown to appreciate it a lot more since first seeing the prequels and then growing up and then we didn't watch the Clone Wars TV show until a little bit later in life and we're going through another rewatch right now actually and it's like every time i watch the prequels again or you know we have a very anakin centric story in the clone wars it's it's just so interesting to me um his story arc and how he you know kind of lost it and became vader <laughs> pepper in so many like subtle touches in the clone wars series they don't ever overdo it it's always very restrained but yeah. somehow those those stand out more because we know mm -hmm. the story we know where things are headed so we do look for the, those little clues and that's something that i think the clone wars did very well was to sprinkle those little suggested moments in here and there or just like a musical cue where you hear a little bit of vader's theme in the background over mm -hmm. something where you know maybe he's having a bit of a dark thought or a dark moment um but it's not in your face i think that was just yeah, a very just, interesting choice yeah we just watched um the citadel arc and 
it's so interesting to see because Tarkin is in those episodes and it's interesting to see Anakin kind of agreeing with Tarkin when he's saying like specifically military ideas and how uh, the Jedi are held back by a code of honor yeah their, their code of honor is holding them back from being the military force that they could be and you see Anakin kind of agreeing with Tarkin on that and you're like oh man. even back then <laughs> he was well, he was kind of agreeing with Tarkin a job well done General Skywalker I wish more Jedi had your military sensibilities Perhaps I can inform the Chancellor of your valor. I'm not sure what to think of your new ally. Well, I think we need people like him. This is a war. If we aren't willing to do what it takes to win, we risk losing everything we try to protect. Unfortunately, war tends to distort our point of view. If we sacrifice our code, even for victory, we may lose that which is most important. Well, it makes it even, I guess, kind of worse having Rogue One, because now you're like, not only did he just blow up one planet, he just does this freely. He just freely blows up cities and planets, and like, who knows what he would have done if he had, had uh, you know, stayed alive after the Death Star, um, which makes you even more concerned about Anakin agreeing with him. Um, yeah. So, Molly, does, for you, is, is the story of Anakin and the way you connect with it, is it more as a cautionary tale or is it more of something where you can say, okay, I, I relate to that, obviously not committing, you know, genocide or anything like that, but you know, the, the internal struggles that he has is something you can connect with and it gives you hope for, for the future, um, through his redemption. I think a, a little bit of both, but more so a cautionary tale, I think is a, it's it's really good t- for kids to see how someone like Darth Vader gets to be that way and then how like we said before about redemption like even in Return of the Jedi he is redeemed so and it's you know going back to saying it's never too late it's it's a great thing for kids to see growing up um how certain decisions can create a monster but then other decisions can kind of make things better yeah for sure i mean i mean for me um you know i was nine when uh phantom menace came out and it was a very tumultuous time in my family um and and i was very very (laughs) angry and um unhealthy and uh hearing yoda say to Anakin who you know I I'd seen the original tr- trilogy I was obsessed I I knew what was coming um and to see him say to you know a kid who was my age um who would become Darth Vader fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering that became a mantra for me um as like a cautionary tale of like <laughs> Dude, this guy was a, a good kid, and he ended up Vader, and you're kind of not being the greatest of, of people uh, towards others, and so maybe it's time to turn that around. So I like hearing um, that that's something that, uh, you know, in in a similar way connects with other people. So um, just to kind of close out, um, 
what do you think, and Alex, I'll throw this one to you first. What is it about Star Wars that has allowed it to stick with you through your whole life? And and kind of briefly, how different of a person do you think you would be if you didn't have these stories? That's hard to say. Cause like, I, I feel like I said before, I never, growing up, I don't feel like I was really studying uh, these themes and what they meant, but I know that they did like get into me subconsciously. And I do remember uh, like having some discussions with my dad about uh, especially Empire uh, and the, the idea that uh, everyone has the capacity for evil. Uh, like him kind of explaining to me what the dark side tree cave meant, what that vision was about. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it probably would change how I eventually became. Um, I just don't know in what ways. Uh, sorry, can you repeat the question? My dog is driving me insane. No, you're just good. Kind of like just... made me, it made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a worthy distraction if there's going to be one. No, like, so... And not just in terms of, like, um, you know, obviously, if you didn't get into Star Wars, you wouldn't have your channel, and, mm. you know, you would have all of that stuff. But in terms of just kind of the person that you are, um, how do you think Star Wars... Or how do you think life would have been different if Star Wars wasn't there for you? Huh. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that it would have changed honestly i mean like i i feel like i did learn lessons from it but i i learned a lot of the same lessons from things like middle earth i'm just big into fantasy and stuff but uh the, this universe has had such lasting power for me because i i love that universe the most and i i think star wars does a great job of letting uh people put themselves into the shoes of the heroes and why i think it's important that uh, yeah, more uh, diverse heroes come out of the woodwork because it's like I, I've always been able to relate to Luke and Han. Uh, it's pretty easy for me. So <laughs> it, people should all have that ease of feeling like they, they can see themselves in Star Wars. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I did soak up a lot of stories that t- taught like the same kinds of lessons. Yeah, and I mean, there some of those were what George modeled, you know, himself after, and some of them modeled themselves after George. And I love what you said there about you know uh, getting more diverse people in there because, like, you know, I'm like you, I'm a white guy, I have Han and Luke, but growing up, I never realized that that was a a big deal, um, mm-hmm. and because I honestly. Like I said, I didn't really connect with Luke. I, I connected with Leia, you know, and then growing up, uh, Ahsoka. Um, and, like, I tend to connect with the female characters a little more um, just because I feel like they wear their heart on their sleeve a little bit more like I do. And I never realized, you know, that that was kind of a freedom I had because I had characters like Luke and Han who looked like me. So I was like, yeah, I could be there, but I want to be, you know, Ahsoka um, or, or Cara Dune. Um, but when we allow those other 
people to see themselves, then they also have the freedom, I feel like, to connect with the the other characters uh, more freely and and be able to say, yeah, I could exist in this universe and thus I could be um, said person that can, you know, you connect with, which is very important. So, uh, Mark, for you, I mean, we, we kind of <laughs> talked about how, you know, you would have been a famous filmmaker, but in, type, in terms of the type of, of human you would be, and, and I don't say this to flatter you, you're genuinely, genuinely one of the nicest uh, human beings I've ever met in my life. How oh, do you think? You. How do you think your life would have been different if you didn't have Star Wars in it? What What would it be different about the person that you are? Well, I wouldn't have had as much fun because Star Wars has provided a lot of fun throughout my life. Um, in- but I've kind of I feel I feel like Alex in the sense that I don't know that it would have been terribly different. I think I would have been gravitated. I would have gravitated towards all the other things that I've gravitated towards outside of Star Wars. It just would have been those things and not Star Wars. Um, but I do think that by virtue of how much time we spend in the universe, there are just certain things that we soak up, certain messages and and themes and and stories that keep getting retold over and over again. They they do just sort of sort of meld within the fabric of who we are as we grow up um so it's kind of hard to say who i would be without it um but as i was as a kid as i was growing up in the beginning it was all very much about action adventure um i was i wasn't an only kid but i was frequently the only kid on my street i didn't have a lot of other neighbor kids around so i was of outside playing with my action figures and sort of recreating scenes from Star Wars using you know the toys um, but it was only as I began to get older and mature and start to rewatch these films and start to look at more of the themes that some of the themes like like the politics started to resonate with me as I became an adult which that never happened as a kid like I could have cared less as a kid about any of the politics but the older I get, the more I start saying, oh, okay, so I kind of see what the messages are here, and I kind of see what George was doing in the prequels with the, the cautionary tale of, of, of how a democracy falls, and like how, how the institutions begin to be corrupted, and how an institution like the Jedi Order can go from something so noble to something that had lost its way. Um, I began seeing parallels within the real world. I started seeing parallels within my background, coming from a very religious background, um, sort of questioning some of the ways that I was brought up religiously. So yeah, there were a lot of really heavy things that I started to re-examine just from, by virtue of having spent so much time in the universe and being exposed to those stories and those messages. Um, It's crazy to think that, uh, you know, Everything that's going on in our world uh, right now, George warned us about in 1999. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's spooky. It's, it's really spooky. It, it really, really is. But 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 you know, George George was a he's a student of history, and he understood that uh, you know empires rise and fall in much the same way, and he was trying to tell a timeless story. And it's not like he was predicting the future. He just understood that some of these themes are very timeless in the sense that 
you know, history has this tendency to repeat itself. And if he's making these stories for kids and he wants kids, he wants these to be modern fairy tales or modern myths, he's just trying to sort of show kids, like, somewhat about what life could be and, like, the dangers of it. And I don't think he gets enough credit for crafting stories for children that are also very, very prescient and very relevant to what's actually going on in the world. I mean, we think of them as escapism, and the fantasy aspect is, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of real-world stuff that he peppers in that is still very relevant to us. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's why stories like Mandalorian, um, those kind of Last Jedi, uh, for some people even Rise of Skywalker, are are stories that matter so much because they do, like you said, they they um, connect with us on that level of of something bigger than ourselves. Um, and I, I like what you said there about you know George being a student of history because. Star Wars kind of is our history in a way, you know, it's, it's, there's times when, you know, I'm sure all of you can relate to this. You forget that other people aren't as obsessed with Star Wars as you, and it doesn't consume so much of their lives. And so, you know, it's almost like, you know, when, uh, you're reading these stories, you're learning your own history, um, and George was modeling it after our history. It's a, it's a nice little, it's a circle. It's a, it's a circle, um, yeah. which is pretty interesting. So Molly, for you, um, what, what is it about Star Wars? Like if, if you had to narrow it down to like one thing that's allowed it to stick with you for so long, um, what is it and how, how do you, how would you say it's changed your life? Um, I have kind of a, a pretty different uh, answer for this one. Mine has more to do with, I, I remember a moment in middle school specifically. First of all, I was like a tomboy growing up and I, I had a bunch of boys like around my same age in my neighborhood. So I would hang out with them and just climb trees and get dirty and stuff. And <laughs> um, But I remember a moment in middle school where this kid was getting picked on for wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. Um, and like, I, I intervened and I was like, stop, like, I don't remember exactly what I did or said, but I was like, stop picking on him just because of something he likes, you know? He's allowed to like something that you don't. And um, ever since then, I like, I feel like I'm, more of a, an open person, more kind, uh, more gentle with other people and their feelings. And I think that's really important, uh, especially like living our lives digitally these days. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Just not being, a, not being a bully about stuff and being more open to how other people feel and being okay with that. Yeah, Star Wars really did does teach empathy. It's mm-hmm. the, the movies are like empathy generators. <laughs> they they just yeah. make you, they they teach people how to connect to other people. Yeah, uh, and I mean, there's there's so much uh, of uh, you know that we get to see in Star Wars of people dealing with such harsh situations. Um, 
and, and I like, especially, you know, having kind of the deluge of media that we have nowadays, um, you know, we're getting different versions of people dealing with, with that trauma that comes from not fitting in and then other people standing up for, for others. And, and, you know, that's, that's something, you know, Ahsoka in, in season seven does for, for Mandalore. She's like, you're just going to leave them to die just so you can go save this one person. Um, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to intervene. And so um, that's a really powerful message. And it, and I had to say, uh, you know, Alex, Molly, like genuinely the fact that you guys have, uh, you've become a, uh, a big deal in the Star Wars fandom and, and obviously have a, a lot of influence with your channel and you've been able to stay um, genuinely good people who are, are fun to talk to, who are, are just, they're, you guys, you're just good people. Um, you, you don't have big heads here, or here. get involved in kind of the drama <laughs> that happens and stuff. And um, I think that is, if, if anything, is a, is a testament to the impact that Star Wars has had on your life. I think that's, that's definitely it. So thank you guys from, from us at Clashing Sabers to you guys. Thank you guys for being kind of a model of, you know, hey, we can actually, uh, you know, talk about this stuff and enjoy this stuff and, and still, you know, enjoy different parts and still be nice to each other. What a novel concept. So uh, thank you guys for doing that. <laughs> thank and thank you. you guys for joining us today. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, tell people where, uh, I'm sure everybody's already subscribed, but tell everybody, you know, where they can find you and uh, anything big you have coming up that you want to plug. Uh, yeah, we're on YouTube at Star Wars Explained. And uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all pretty much Star Wars <laughs> Explained. Um, my Twitter is at Molly Damon. Um, so, yeah. And I, don't, it, I don't know that we have anything big coming up. Just continuing, c- continued coverage of new Star Wars content. Yeah, we're, we're doing more, li- more and more live streams these days. Um, I think everyone is. <laughs> While news is slow and we're stuck inside. Yeah. So check out our live streams. <laughs> Yeah, and I've really enjoyed the uh, the Q and A's. Um, I've been catching up on those uh, a little bit lately, and uh, I love hearing y'all's theories about about how things are going to evolve. Um, that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, make sure you guys go over and check that out. Uh, Mark, for you, uh, we know we can find you here on Clashing Sabers, but tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and uh, maybe give a little sneak preview of the next Forever Star Wars. Yes, um, I, you can find me on Twitter at uh, DJ M double M A R Q U I S. That's DJ M Marquee. Um, I'm also on Instagram at M Marquee twelve zero five, uh, and I am. I have just finished writing the next episode of Forever Star Wars, and it kind of touches on some of the things that we spoke about briefly uh, today, and that is uh, chosen family, found family. In Star Wars, so uh, I've had a, I've really enjoyed writing that one, and I'm going to jump in and get hard hard to work on producing that uh, here shortly. So hopefully that'll be out uh, real soon. Man, we got through all of uh, talking about growing up Star Wars and themes and everything, and didn't even talk about found family. 
That's a whole other That's a big one for me. Yeah. 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 All right. We're going to scratch it all. We're going to start over. Um, (laughs) No, that's... Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And, um, of course, you can find that in our Clashing Sabers feed. Uh, We're available on uh, whatever podcatcher you're listening to now. You just hit that subscribe button, and you will get all of our shows, including the main show, Forever Star Wars... Don't Burn the Sacred Text, which is our book podcast, and the fantastic Starships, uh, which gets into shipping and Star Wars, um, and always has uh, some very interesting and intriguing guests that uh, I know I learn a lot from um, every time I listen to one of Adriana's episodes. So make sure you go and check that out. Uh, I already talked about the Patreon, so if you would like to donate there. Um, We have two levels up right now. Uh, We are ironing out details for other levels and rewards that we um, will get uh, to you and and be able to provide to you. So make sure you jump over there and then um, share your, your Star Wars stories with us. Share what it is about Star Wars that has stuck with you, that has changed the kind of person you are. And you can do that over in our Facebook group uh, or on Twitter. All of those things, along with all the information you need about Star Wars Explained, will be in our show notes. Um, so you can have the link there and just click and ta-da! Yay, technology. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember the most important lesson of Star Wars, which is Batch 8. Hey-ho. It's hi-ho, Mark. Hi-ho. Hi-ho, hey-ho. Who cares? What, are we the seven little dwarfs here? What's going on? Uh, I tried. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use information on educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. <laughs>